Hey, Maggie. Hey, Anna. So glad you're back. So glad to be back. Yay. We're we're, going to do some interesting stuff today. Yeah, we got a lot of shows to talk about, and Mm -hmm. we have a special guest, friend of the pod. Who is that? Samantha Eves from Out of the Box Theater Company, coming on to talk about her new production, Tick, Tick, Boom, which is going up this weekend, Hmm. the 29th, 30th of May 1st. At Center Stage. At Center Stage. So that should be a fun one. I know that people have... They know about it a little bit more because of the movie that just came out. So right. this is the actual stage production. So it'll be a little different, but I think it's it's got the same music. It's going to be fun. Okay, so we get to talk to her, and then we're going to talk about some shows. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we have a guest today, Maggie. A very exciting guest. It's friend of the pod, Samantha Eve, from Out of the Box Theater Company. Yes, and she's going to tell us about Tick, Tick, Boom. Coming up this weekend at Center Stage Theater. Hello, Sam. Hey, how's it going? Excellent here. Yes, we're doing great. And um, we're wondering what Tick, Tick, Boom, is it about a bomb? Tick, Tick, Boom. (laughs) What is it about? Boom, Chicka, Chicka. Boom, Chicka, Chicka. Boom, Chicka, Chicka. (laughs) Um, Tick, Tick, Boom is a musical written by Jonathan Larson who you may be like, oh, that sounds really familiar. He also wrote Rent, which uh, tends to have a little bit more, I don't know, popularity. It's it's more sure. well-known, at least, um, I think, than Tick, Tick, Boom, at least until recently, when uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda decided to turn it into a next Netflix movie with um, Andrew Garfield. Sir hmm. Andrew Garfield. Really? Has he been knighted? No. Okay. Oh. <laughs> He's on his way, though. He's on his way. <laughs> Um, I think I should him. He was looking at his phone during the Oscars, like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, Night weren't we all? Boy. He was trying to find what happened on Australian uh, <laughs> yeah. simulcast television. What was that? <laughs> what just happened here? <laughs> what just happened here? All right, sorry. All right, sorry, tick, Sam. Tick. <laughs> Flashback to the Oscars there. Tick, 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 tick boom. boom. Tick, tick, boom. Originally, one-man show, autobiographical. Jonathan Larson por- performed it himself. He is telling the story of his life and what it's been like working on this show called Superbia, which he pretty much dedicated about five years of his life to working on, developing, workshopping, trying to get it on its feet, and it just wasn't going anywhere. And this show, man, I would pay to see some kind of bootleg version of Superbia. It sounds insane and wonderful. Kind of wild. It's like sci-fi. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be based on uh, George Orwell's 1984, Mm. but they could Mm. not get the rights to do that legally. So instead, he shifted it around to make it about a future dystopia where emotions are discouraged, uh, arms and legs are cut off, and your head is stuck into a television screen, and it's called a deliminator. And uh, this couple finds their connection to their own emotions and their true selves by listening to old musical theater songs that they're able to find on records. Okay. So we All can right. kind of get a sense like, okay, yeah, yeah. We, we, I, see what, I see what you're getting at, John. <laughs> well, it's interesting that of the three that he wrote in his life, because he died very young, mm-hmm. um, you have that thing, which is kind of out in the middle of, of God knows where. But then the other two, Tick, Tick, Boom and Rent, are kind of very similar in what they're about and you know how they present... Um, I definitely see a little bit of Tick, Tick, Boom in Rent or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, wait, I, I kind of lost the thread when you said that um, it was a one-person show. Yes. Originally. What is it now? 
It is a three-person show. So after his death, friends of his, artists, people looked at his work and were like, you know what? This actually kind of could could be something here. Because when he was performing it, he was the only one performing it. He did it a few times at a few different theaters, but it didn't really take off. And at that point, the AIDS epidemic was kind of building speed in New York. And he realized he wanted to tell a story that dealt with it more head on. Mm -hmm. And that's where Rent came in. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Because Tick Tick Boom was really from his perspective. It was his voice, his own experiences. And so when he when he dove into rent, it was much more I think he had more flexibility to embrace those stories with other characters. But so Tick Tick Boom started out just as a one person show and it didn't become a three person show until it was fleshed out more after his death. Mm-hmm. But after Tick Tick Boom, he moved on to rent and uh, unfortunately passed away, uh, I think it was just a few days before his 36th birthday. It was the first preview of the off-Broadway run of Rent. And considering that Tick, Tick, Boom really goes into his struggles with success and feeling like he's on the wrong path and whether or not he mm-hmm. should stick with what he's doing, if he has any opportunity to find success with this, if he even wants to find success with this, this sort of disgust and desire to be successful – Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating and I think it's very relatable. And as an audience member with the, uh, ability to see what happened and know what happened after that, that rent was just around the corner for him and it would end up becoming a musical that would change contemporary musical theater. I mean, truly every contemporary musical I think that out of the box has ever done has been inspired in some way, shape or form by rent. Hmm. Yeah, you were saying um, when I was interviewing you for the preview that will be put out, um, you were saying that he really was the first to work with like the real rock sound in the musical. Yeah. And I mean, I think he recognizes that there were others. I mean, you can see um, Jesus Christ Superstar mm. as a rock musical. And he even has said there are quotes of him saying, you know, I want to be the hair of mm. our generation. But at the time, that's not what was on Broadway. If you look at the shows that were on Broadway at the time that Rent opened, it was it was really entertainment. It was mm-hmm. spectacle. It was entertainment. It was silly. It was traditional. They weren't telling stories about serious things like AIDS and not being able to pay your rent mm-hmm. and feeling disconnected from your art and, you know, whether or not selling out is success or success is selling out. You know, he was dealing with things that really felt very real to him. And I think that they feel very real to a lot of artists, which is why, I mean, you look at contemporary musicals now and they're dealing with much more human issues. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, What, I know you were saying that uh, it's sort of a lot of contemporary musicals hearken in some way to Rent, which itself is hearkening back to La Boheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was it, what do we see today that you would maybe for people who aren't familiar with Tick, Tick, Boom is like, what would be similar to Tick, Tick, Boom or Rent in our kind of modern? I mean, um, if we're just talking uh, about contemporary musicals that are using rock music to influence their sound, I mean, I'm thinking shows like Be More Chill, shows like Heather's, Shows like even I mean, Dear Evan Hansen is a little bit more traditional musical theater in this in the tone of some of the songs, but mm-hmm. I think some of them have mm-hmm. more of a rock sound. Uh, I think that there are new shows being written every day that are using music that people are listening to on the radio. 
Yeah, for sure. I think that like that traditional sound that we think of when we think of like the musical theater sound Mm -hmm. is you don't get that as much anymore in in the musicals that are coming out, the ones that are, you know, on the forefront. And it's it's interesting to see that that switch, you know, but I, I do think that it speaks to people a little bit more when they can recognize the style of music as something that yeah. they're interested in. You yeah. Know? And I think it also makes younger audience members feel more welcome and sure. accepted in the theater space. I think that a theater can sometimes feel a little closed off. Um, it feels kind of oh, I have to get dressed up to go to the theater. I have to have money to go to the theater. I have to, and even though that's such a dated way of thinking about things, I mean, that's something that Out of the Box has been trying to fight since we started is that we wanted to make it as common as going to see a movie. Mm -hmm. You know, why not? Go see a movie, go see a musical. Mm -hmm. It should be as accessible to anybody who is interested in seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, And maybe you want to tell us a little bit about how people can go see your show. Absolutely. Yeah, we are running at Center Stage Theater. It is April 29th through May 1st, so it is one weekend only, and that is Friday through Sunday. And you can find more information on how to get tickets by calling the Center Stage Theater box office, which is 805-963-0408, which, yes, I do have memorized because I call them a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good number to have on speed dial. Um, also, you can find information on our website at www.outoftheboxtheater.org. And that is T-H-E-A-T-R-E. I have gotten into many fights about it. Mm-hmm. It is it is the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious. What is... So I really think that the songs in this musical are very catchy. And I have my own favorites. But I'm wondering, you know, because you're performing in it. What are your favorite songs from the show? Mm, I really like No More, which is funny because I'm not in that song. <laughs> and I love it. It's my favorite. And I don't know if it's my favorite because I'm not in it. So I can actually watch it and observe it and take it in. But it's just really fun. And it's always been one of my favorites. And I would say the other one of my top favorites is Louder Than Words. Mm-hmm. And that's because I think a lot of the lyrics just resonate. They, they could have been written yesterday. I mean, it's... It's something that it still hits so close to home. And who are the two other actors in your show? Well, I'm going to be in this one. And also I'm in it with Nico Arce and Carzy Carter, who are actors from Ventura and Oxnard, respectively. And oh, other way around. <laughs> and Sarah Phillips Eaglin is our music director. Perfect. And you have a full band for this one as well. Yes. It's for all keyboard, bass guitar, guitar, drums. Nice. We try to use, you know, a lot of musicals will use tracks, and I see the appeal because it's so easy, um, and you know what you're going to get every time. It's exactly the same. But there is something about the energy that a live band that almost makes you feel like you're at a rock concert with theater. Like, it's immersive. It's energetic. I, I love it. And they can, you know, they can rate with you. They can kind of change. And yeah, absolutely. We, and we've had singer. that situation before where we were having – I mean, for me, I will always think of our production of Fun Home when the keyboard uh, just went out one day and there was a laptop <laughs> issue and it just went out in the middle of a show and our guitarist started filling in and playing p- the piano parts on the guitar wow. just until we could fix it. And, you know, we were army crawling on our bellies over to the band, trying not to be seen by the audience. Like, what's going on? And uh, I made Austin, who is my assistant director, run down to California Pizza Kitchen to try to get an extension cord. (laughs) Oh, the joys of live theater. Yeah, I have to say, why why did I miss it so much? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so this is your first uh, performance, Out of the mm. Box's first performance since uh, American Psycho in the fall before the pandemic. Yeah, it was so 2019. 2019. Yeah, and uh, we've done a couple things virtually. We did a few living room concerts mm-hmm. on Facebook Live, which was really fun, especially because really some of our actors had left town, were living in Switzerland, living in Virginia, living elsewhere, and they were all still able to contribute videos. And so it was kind of like we were all together again. It was nice. Um, and we did a couple of virtual duets as well from shows that we would like to do in the future that are on our short list. Um, a song from Dear Evan Hansen, a song mm-hmm. from Beetlejuice, a song from Waitress, Be More Chill. So it was really fun to kind of play around with that. It definitely was um, a learning process for me working with iMovie and trying to edit together mm-hmm. those videos. Mm-hmm. It's something I think a lot of people learned during uh, quarantine is how to edit videos. Yeah, but, <laughs> but this is our people. first uh, our first in person live performance, and it's nice to be back. Has it been difficult getting back in the swing of putting on a huge show? Well, this particular show was a little rough because we did we were planning to be performing the show in February, and we ended up having to postpone because that's just as um, the new strain was coming around, and everyone mm-hmm. was starting to shut down again. And we just got really nervous, and we we're like, you know what? I don't think people are going to feel comfortable coming out to see this. I don't want to risk any of you guys getting sick. So I think we're going to postpone for a couple months and then come back. And we have never had to do that before. I hope we never have to do it again. It is very stressful to try to hold all of that information in your head when you're not rehearsing and it feels like it's just so far away. And then suddenly rehearsals have started up again and it's like, oh my God, where are all those song lyrics? Where are my harmonies? Where are all the lines? Yeah. (laughs) But really we came back and it settled in so quickly. I mean, I would say the first rehearsal, we were all kind of feeling it again. We just had to fall back into that groove. It's nice to have a small cast for this one, too, because I feel like you can be very, there's like an intimacy between cast members that you can, you have the ability to, you know, shelve it for Mm -hmm. a month or two and come back. And it's not, you're not dealing with 17 people. That have gotten squirrely. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, especially these uh, two other actors that I'm working with are people that I've both worked with before. Mm. Um, Nico has been in a few out of the box shows. Mm. He's been in Amelie and High Fidelity. And Carsey has not done any out-of-the-box shows, but we were both in Elite Theater Company's production of 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Oh, yes, of course. Down in Oxnard. Mm-hmm. I remember that. So when you know people and you, you yeah. there's a, a level of trust that I just know, you know, I know they're going to be okay. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Um, did you have to recast or anything? No, nope, everybody you... managed to make it work. It was kind of a miracle. That is a miracle, Yeah. Uh-huh. But also a benefit of a three-person cast, you know, if it were 17 people, I don't think we would have been as lucky. Right. Yeah. Almost certainly not. Yeah. Almost certainly not. Yeah. Um, well, I think we should hear the performing dates again. Absolutely. Center Stage Theater, April 29th through May 1st, Friday through Sunday. Friday and Saturday, it's an 8 p.m. show. Sunday, it's a 2 p.m. matinee. Um, and it's a small house, so... I recommend. Please, yes, get your tickets ahead of time if you can. Um, It is open seating, so you can get there early and pick your favorite spots. But it's always good to have those tickets reserved so that you know that they're there for you at the theater. And tell us about all the fun, the sippy cups and all the (laughs) 
because they're we're well, doing we're a new sipping. thing now where we're you know doing food and drink in the theater. Well, and well, not food, not food, not food. And believe me, I mean, I feel like the people that have come to see out of the box shows know that there are going to be cupcakes, and you know, there are probably <laughs> going to be some. I'm not doing the specialty cocktail; it's just too much work. But <laughs> we do have some really amazing wine that's been donated by Obon Climat. As long as our liquor license goes through, we should be all set with that. And we are doing sippy cups, so you can get those before the show and take it into the theater. And you know me, I always try to come up with something in theme. Twinkies are mentioned in <laughs> Tick, Tick, Boom. And so there may or may not be some homemade Twinkie cupcakes, ah, um, some yes. Brooklyn Blackout cupcakes yep. because, you know, New York. <laughs> Perfect. What's in a Brooklyn Blackout cupcake? It is chocolate cake, chocolate cream cheese frosting rolled in chocolate cake crumbs. Okay. I get it now. It's a blackout. <laughs> it's a blackout. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sam. I'm thank you make for sure having me. Sees that. Yeah, everybody, get your tickets. It's going to be a fun show. Hey, Maggie. There's a couple shows that uh, we're both looking forward to checking out. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff coming up before everybody takes their hiatus on the summer. People take a hiatus on the summer. Yeah, that's a dude. thing. That's a thing. In theater or just like well, this is a thing people... I feel like all... there's like three weeks in July when nobody does a show. Okay. Okay, <laughs> good. I'll mark my vacay for those three weeks. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to Into the Woods at Oh, PCPA. yeah. A classic show. Always I mean, good. It's Sondheim. It's, into, it's fairy tales. It's Sondheim. It's a celebration. Yeah. That's going to be so great. And they are doing that in the Marion Theater in Santa Maria, 428 through 515. Okay. And when are they doing it in Solvang in the open air theater? Yeah. Eight, um, August 11th through September 4th. Ooh. So are you going to see it in Santa Maria or are you going to wait until it's in the Solvang theater? Well, I'm slated to review it for Broadway oh, world great. in, uh, Santa Maria. And then, you know, I'll probably see it again when it comes to Solvang, just because I like going there and doing it. You yeah, know, it's just it's fun. Cool, and they've revamped it now. That's right. They're still working on the renovations, mm-hmm. but that should be done. I think that's why it's pushed out, too. Pushed out, yeah. Because otherwise they do them sort of back to back. Just a little bit of time to re rebuild the theater. Well, that's an exciting one. I really like that show. It's It's a really good show. So what else we got? Well, um, Twilight Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, tell me about that. So that's going to be at the Rubicon Theater um, in Ventura. That was uh, originally a one woman show conceived and kind of written by Anna DeVere Smith, but it was documentary theater. So what happened was the Rodney King. Uh, verdict came out, which was Rodney King was a motorist, African American motorist who had been who re- ran a red light, and um, he was pulled over, and he began to be beaten uh, by the four policemen who had batons, and um, in a neighbor or a person bystander from his house was watching this, and came out with a video home video camcorder which those were pretty rare back you know this is this is pre-cell phones you were like in in preschool or something but um (laughs) it was like a giant looks like today's news cameras or something right Right. he videotaped it and um 
So this grainy black and white image video, about nine minutes long, was taken of, the, of this beating. And so for a lot of African-American people who had had negative interactions with the police or believed them to be common, especially in L.A., especially in South L.A., uh, this seemed like, okay, we've, we have some guilty policemen here. Yeah. They've been beating this motorist. Uh, the case went to trial and it was so, it was, the, the video was shown so many times on TV that the trial was held in Simi Valley. So that's part of the reason the Rubicon picked it was because it was sort of a, it had a reverberation in Ventura County. Yeah, kind of a local situation. Yeah. And it's exact. it'll be opening kind of exactly 30 years past the original. Oh, wow. But see, the, the date is actually marking the verdict. So the Simi jury found them all not guilty how? of using how? excessive force. Well, I mean, yeah, how? Is how is the question asked by then the community and a lot of people? Um, but it, but that there were some protests and some of those protests turned into civil um, unrest. Right. And then there was about three days of you know incidents of looting, fires. Um, there were deaths, and there was. And so Anna DeVere Smith, who had been doing this documentary project of the United States, Search for the American Character, was commissioned by the Geffen to to build to craft a, a piece on this incident. So she went around and interviewed just, I think, 75 people um, about the incident. And they all have different points. It wasn't like people who were there for the for the civil unrest or it was all kinds of people, right? Um, from politicians like Maxine Waters, who of course is still involved with politics and people in the mayor's office, people in the police, all kinds of people. <laughs> and then her, she and a team of dramaturgs pulled what they felt was the best sort of storytelling of the incident by selecting some of these monologues. I'm talking about this a long time, huh? <laughs> Tell me. Keep, keep going. Keep Tell me going. about it. Yeah. Okay. So they pulled together, um, and they amassed about a third of the people, so maybe like 60 for the final performance. And some of them are very short. Um, and they're so they're monologues. And her whole style of... Uh, acting was anti-method. So instead of kind of connecting with one's own personality and history and having an inner story, she would just sort of mimic or imitate exactly the impression she had of the person. Oh, okay. And her goal was to like really just imitate them. And the, and, and she kind of got away with, like, in some ways you might think, oh, that could be problematic. Like, I think if a, a white woman were to do that or a uh, white man were to do that, it would be like, mm, Yeah, questionable. You know, yeah, like, seems like mimicry or something, yeah. or, you know, in a mocking way. Uh, but she was kind of a lighter-skinned African-American woman, um, and she did everyone. And and then that show back in 1992 was performed 
big success critically. And it was thought like, all right, um, she went for the Pulitzer Prize in drama, the text did. And then the committee said, no, it's not eligible. Why? Because it was not fiction. So it wasn't fictional. And, and they said it could only, and this is the interesting part for the Rubicon, I think. Only Anna DeVere Smith can perform this. So it was like a signature role for Anna DeVere Smith because she had done the interviews. She had kind of recorded her sense of who these people were. Right. right. So she's sort of the secondary source. Yeah. So, but now it's being performed with someone else. Yeah, so it's exactly. Not, it's so not it's like really a direct curious. secondary source. Yeah. Exactly. I was really curious about how that was going to work. And this actor named Chris Butler is playing all the roles. And he is biracial, uh, African-American and white. Um, so kind of in a way like Anna DeVere Smith, mm-hmm. but he brings his maleness under, you know, to, to the table, I suppose. Um, and he's said what was challenging was to craft a unique set of idiom for each character. So, mm-hmm. Anna DeVere Smith sort of received those characters, right? right? And they have all these multitudinous differences. But Chris Butler had to carve them out, kind of determine them. They're not in the script. Right. Right. Mm. So that's an interesting role for him. Really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so challenging because, like, um, actors will tell you what one of the things that makes memorization less challenging is that you say something like what's the weather today and i say oh well it's raining or you know you everything is a prompt everything reminds you of what you're supposed to say but in this it's like there's nothing you're you know there's no uh one character follows without any external clues about who goes next or what they this say This sort next. of reminds me of the Laramie Project in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I was going to look up the chronology for when the Laramie Project was written versus Fires in the Mirror. Or, sorry, uh, Twilight Los Angeles, Fires in the Mirror, something else she wrote. Um, yeah. Very similar. Very similar. Well, this sounds like an interesting piece for the Rubicon to be putting on in Ventura. That's great. Yeah, super interesting. Yeah, and I want to see it. When does it run? Uh, I'm so glad you asked. It opens on 427 and runs until the 15th of May. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a worthwhile thing for people to see, I think. Yeah, it's very, um, you know, and if it sounds like it might be some kind of version of reading your Facebook page and some jerk you went to high school with or something on there, uh, <laughs> it's not. It's like, it's very hopeful. It's a very hopeful you know, she because she's so inclusive and shows so many different points of view, um, it just becomes this really, like, you really feel like you understand things more mm-hmm. rather than less, which is kind of so much of our modern discourse. Right. Uh, so it's a great show to see. Leave you with hope. A spring in your step, maybe. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And oh. UCSB has something going on, do you remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. UCSB has got a couple of things coming up. There's Always. the um, the Medusa thread, yes. which is the waiting room. It's kind of the premises. It's a waiting room before you go to the afterlife, but it's a hair salon. Mm. So they That'll get in their, look good. They get their hair good did while well they... Yeah. So, <laughs> and this is a, um, a production from... 
What is the program called? Oh, um, it's Risa Brainin's Launchpad. Launchpad. That's yeah. right. And so this is a new work that they're going to put on. Right. Uh, the first time it's launching being put it. up. They're yeah. launching it. So that that should be interesting. And that'll yeah. be that'll be at UCSB coming up. Yeah. And actually, the director of that w- worked in the Houston Ensemble Theater with the actor who plays Stokes in American Sun, which just closed at um, Ensemble. At Ensemble, which I read your review of, and I quite enjoyed it. I quite oh, enjoyed well, the review you. and the play. But I, I enjoyed, enjoyed the play. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed the play. Um, anything else happening? Well, we've got in May, we've got uh, the 25th annual Putnam County yes. Spelling Bee coming up, and that's the UCSB students uh, doing a little musical production there. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen that play? Have you, or that musical? Uh, somehow I have never seen really? that musical. Oh, yeah, man. I know it's been put on, um, city college did it maybe seven, yeah, not that six, long ago. Seven, yeah. Uh, and I mean, people like it. People like the yeah, music. It's cute. I mean, I'm not mad at it. Like, yeah, I don't necessarily it's, know It's not why. like the bright light on your calendar, no. <laughs> but yeah. But, but I'm interested show. to see it. You know, I'll go support him. Well, it is that sort of musical time of the year. It's like spring and the yep. Easter Bunny and musicals. So. Which we should mention, yes. Beauty and the Beast oh, yes. at Dos Pueblos High School. And this is kind of an interesting one because mm-hmm. it is Clark's last show before he retires yes. so thank you for your service sir yeah i appreciate your work clark sarah put really put his shoulder to the wheel yeah 20 years in that Dos theater Pueblos. wow and this was so beauty and the beast was the first show that they opened in their big performance center oh, i didn't know that yeah so that's why they're they're gonna redo it for his last show oh nice. kind of meaningful that is that is yeah. nice i didn't know that little bit and they just closed Chicago at Santa Barbara High. Right. Which I only saw the stills and they looked amazing. Yeah. They did. I don't know why high schools do that show. Why do high schools do that show? I mean, they're all, I mean, don't get me started on Greece. Like, uh, please do. <laughs> Let's not get started on Greece. Please do Chicago before you do well, Greece. Well, yes, do Chicago you know? before you do Greece. Yeah. Yeah. But. Definitely. But. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers should never be done by a high school. <laughs> they should a do a podcast of, of musicals that musicals should never, that be, should in never the be done by a high school. Zip code as a high school. Yeah. Like <laughs> like what like Megan's Law or something. You have to stay thirty <laughs> feet away from the ground. <laughs> Don't even get close. <laughs> um and then uh San Marcos High is doing Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, right. That's cute. Well, it's a play starring a plant. I mean, <laughs> how do you go how wrong? How can you go wrong with a plant <laughs> as a protagonist or an ant? Okay, an antagonist. But yeah. So I think it depends on the point of view. Stuff. Yeah, that's true. We should, we should rewrite it from his point of view yeah. and talk about all these annoying people who just should open a vein for him. What a weird show. What a weird... I Don't you wish you were there when someone thought of that? I know. We'll have a plant and it'll eat people. It'll eat people. <laughs> That's what it'll do. It'll be big. But it's a love it'll be story. Hungry. But wait, there's a love oh, wait. story. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> All right. That's great. I can't wait. Yeah, we got good stuff coming up. Good stuff. Well, 
Well, Maggie, there's a lot to look forward to. I'm pretty excited. This is going to be the final push before, as we st- we spoke about, the summer hiatus. The summer hiatus. <laughs> Yay, summer hiatus. But but first, the musicals. So. First, the Everyone, musicals. Yep. Go see thyself a musical. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.